Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode. If you're listening to this in real time, you are listening to this on June 10th. And as you know, for the last couple of weeks, things have been unsettling and disturbing and sad, as well as inspiring and hopeful to see the number of protests and the number of people coming together because of George Floyd's horrible death has actually been really amazing. It definitely does not mitigate the pain that the Black community is going through, and I really want to acknowledge that. From my perspective, we are simply at the very beginning of a conversation that's need to be had for a very long time. And I apologize that this conversation hasn't happened sooner on this platform. I did address it last week. And the reason why I'm doing this intro is I wanted you to know, my audience to know, that just because I did a podcast episode last week and I addressed racism and what we can do about it. And if you haven't listened to that episode, please, please, please go back and listen to episode 17. I think there are a lot of people that are feeling helpless and powerless. And that episode will at least allow you to start doing the inner work to know how to get unstuck and maybe what to say to others during these unprecedented times. So please listen to that episode. And my promise and my commitment to you, my audience, is that that will not be a one-and-done topic. We will continue to address racism. I will continue to bring guests on this show that talk about diversity, inclusion, belonging, and these really important topics. So again, my commitment from an entire business perspective is I am looking at how to incorporate more people of color, more women of color in my podcast, in my business. And I just want you to know that that is my commitment. And my commitment is to continue to learn and to grow and to share that knowledge that I learn along the way with you, my audience. So I just wanted to preface this episode by saying we're not just jumping in to business as usual. Although this podcast episode may seem like it, it was pre-recorded. I did want to preface this episode by saying, you have my commitment. We will be talking about these topics more often, and I will be sharing my learnings along the way. So I hope you stay with me on this journey. I also want to say a big thank you to the people that sent myself, as well as Eric, text messages, Facebook messages, phone calls, text, um, just saying how much you appreciated that episode. And, you know, I received many comments about how it helped. I had a friend whose daughter was in college who was having some challenges in her sorority and didn't really know how to handle what was happening with regard to communication. And her daughter listened to the podcast episode and said it really helped her and her sorority sisters. So I'm super grateful for messages like that. They really mean so much to me because you are the reason why I do this podcast And I love that we can learn together and we can be together on this journey. It really means so much to me. So thank you so much. And speaking of being on the educational journey together, if you didn't listen to last week's episode, please, please, please go back and listen to it because there is an opportunity for a free book. 
So it's called Mindful of Race, Transforming Racism from the Inside Out. The book is written by Ruth King, and we still have some copies available to give away. So head on over and listen to episode 17, because it was a very generous offer that Eric Johnson of Incited offered to my audience. And I want to make sure that everyone gets an opportunity to read this amazing book. So again, thank you for being here today. And let's get started talking about the Enneagram. So I have an important question for you. If someone were able to give you an assessment, which enabled you to have a customized roadmap that showed you not only how people see you, but how you see the world. And in addition to that, if by taking that assessment, you realized the characteristics and the behaviors that were holding you back, and more importantly, you got to get really clear on the strengths and your motivations and your subconscious motivations that drive you forward. And because you had that insight, you were able to see bigger possibilities for yourself, for your life, for your goals, and for your relationships. Would you want that information? Well, I said, heck yes, and I definitely wanted it. And that's why I'm so excited to bring you this week's episode. There are many tools out there that can help us build our self-awareness. And today we are going to be talking about the Enneagram. I know many of you have heard about it. Maybe some of you haven't heard about it. Um, It's been very popular online lately. You can take a free version of it online. And if you recall, Katie Anderson from episode 13 used the Enneagram and it changed her life. It is a very powerful tool. And the best way to experience the Enneagram is through a certified practitioner. And my guest today, Diana Ideas, is not only a professional certified coach, but she is certified in the Enneagram. And I will tell you, I recently, I've taken a lot of personality tests and I've taken the Myers-Briggs and the DISC and I'm certified in both of those. And, you know, I've taken strength finders and I've taken a lot of assessments. And I recently took the Enneagram through Diana and I will tell you, I fell in love with it. I thought it was a little woo-woo when I was listening to, you know, my daughters talk about it, but the report that came back from Diana and the coaching that I received around the Enneagram was so powerful. And it was such a holistic view of who I am, how I show up. And it gave me some really um, deep insights and also gave me some developmental opportunities for me to look at and to be aware of, you know, as I'm, you know, communicating with people, as I'm setting up a business, as I'm, you know, doing new and different things. And it has been really transformational for me. So I wanted to have Diana on today so she could talk about this powerful tool. So let's dive in and hear everything Enneagram. Welcome to the Lead Your Life podcast. I'm your host, Natalie Barron. I'm obsessed with helping people feel more connected to themselves, the people they love, their work, and their purpose. I'm a leadership coach, speaker, self-improvement junkie, wife, mom of two teenagers, and 30-year corporate career woman turned entrepreneur. This podcast will give you the tools, insights, and real honest conversations that will help you lead your life so you can love your life. Let's dive in.
All right. I am super excited for today's episode. I have one of my dear friends and the coach of coaches, Diana Ideas, on the on the line today. Welcome, Diana. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. Today we are going to be talking everything Enneagram. Yes. Which I'm super excited about. Me too. <laughs> that's, that's a seven and a seven wing for you right there. <laughs> that much enthusiasm. Well, and that's what we're going to be talking about. So, you know, first of all, I just want to introduce you and kind of give a background to the audience. So you're a professionally certified coach um, with the International Coaching Federation. You have your master's in organizational behavior and executive coaching. You currently leverage your coaching management and leadership development experience to support leaders and mentor coaches. And I will tell you, we met actually at an International Coaching Federation chapter meeting in Los Angeles, and it was instant connection. We've been friends for a while, and I have loved being um, being your friend, but also you're a mentor to me because you do coach coaches, and I always think it's so important for coaches or whether you're in business or whether you're a leader or whether you're a mom you know, it's so important to be around people that challenge you and inspire you and challenge your thinking and change your mindset. And Diana, you're definitely one of those people for me. So thank you. I'm so glad to be. Absolutely. And in addition to being the coach of coaches, you are the founder of Hawthorne Union, which provides coaching, consulting and training to individuals and businesses to really support their innovation, growth and development. Like I said, Hawthorne Union also provides mentor coaching and continuing education approved by the International Coaching Federation for ongoing coaching support and professional development for coaches. So I'm not sure if a lot of people are aware or not, but once you are a certified coach with the International Coaching Federation, you have to do continuing ed requirements and you provide classes for coaches. Exactly. Yeah, I just we unfortunately, a lot of the continuing aid education out there is not where it should be. We're coaches. Let's have some fun together. Let's challenge each other. Let's support each other. Let's build community. And so that's what Hawthorne Union is all about. That's great. And, you know, I, I probably will have some coaches listening to the podcast, but really the focus for today and the value that I want to provide today in the education and the support is really around helping people understand what the Enneagram is how it can support them, and how it can build their personal awareness. So can you talk a little bit about, you know, how you came to be using the Enneagram and and some history about the Enneagram? Sure, absolutely. So for those who haven't heard of it, uh, the Enneagram focuses on nine different personality types. And there's a lot of complexity there. So there's a very in-depth assessment. There's free assessments you can take out there, but then also much more in-depth ones where it really looks at beyond just your behaviors and what just motivates you, really looking at kind of on a deep level. What are your instincts? How do you behave and respond under stress? What happens when you're at your best? And what it, it's beautiful about it is that a lot of times the conflicts that we run into in the workplace or in our relationships is because someone's not reacting the way that we react. And so it's the whole mm-hmm. golden rule you know, treat others as we want to be treated. If you upgrade that to the platinum role, treat others as they want to be treated, there's different behaviors, there's different lenses to look at the world. So the Enneagram is beautiful in providing that. And it's also interesting to see, even though it's an ancient tool and it has its roots in, you know, some people talk about classical Greece and ancient 
kind of mathematics. There's a lot of use of the Enneagram in the spiritual tradition. And now you have podcasts on the Enneagram and, you know, memes and all sorts of you and know, the, music. Exactly. Yeah, there's the music. Enneagram, <laughs> you know, the Enneagram type at a dinner party or Thanksgiving or things like that. So it's always interesting to see because it's been around for so long and in a tradition for so long to see the kind of how it surges up. So your question, how I've used the Enneagram, remember what your question was, I'm sorry. No, that was great history of the Enneagram. And um, I would love to know how you use it with your clients in your coaching process. Absolutely. So as far as with my clients, what I love about the Enneagram is the level of depth that it gives. So I have an assessment that my clients can take and it gives me a really deep level of their kind of behavior, their motivation, and it's a different level of understanding. So I had an amazing client I'd been working with for over a year. She had taken the free assessment and so, but she hadn't really landed on a type. And when we had her take a more in-depth assessment, so much clicked. And so much made sense. And it actually really drastically changed the direction of where we were going. You know, I I think that we were kind of hinting towards and picking up on some of those things. But the level of depth that comes from the Enneagram is just incredible. It's actually a reason that I don't use it as much in corporate settings. If I am working with a corporation that already uses the Enneagram, I'm happy to use it. But the reason that I use it with my individual clients is that You know, if I tell you my number and if I tell you my instinct, you know a lot about me. You know how I Mm -hmm. behave when I'm frightened. You know how I behave when I'm doing well. You know, you know, what motivates me, what potentially would get in my way, what my blind spots may be. So there's so much information there. So when it comes to kind of a coaching relationship or someone who is kind of like, well, yeah, I've taken a number of assessments, but what now? Like, what am I supposed to do now? And how does this really impact my development on a deep level? That's where the Enneagram comes in. Yeah. And I just want to pause here too and talk about my personal experience. So I actually took the Enneagram through you. Well, and let me pause. Prior to that, I actually took the Enneagram online because it was, you know, it's been popular lately. My teenage daughter said, hey, mom, you got to take it. I discovered that, you know, I'm this number and I would love to see what you are because we're very similar. It did turn out that we are exactly the same, by the yeah, way. Good. Um, <laughs> but what was so interesting is I, I, I did, I took it online. And my interpretation of it was a little woo woo. You know, I knew it was based in ancient spirituality, and it had ancient roots. And I honestly didn't put a lot of, um, you know, I didn't put a lot of weight into it. And then you and I were talking about it, you know, because we were talking about how you use it in your coaching practice. And I took it as my own assessment. I took my own assessment to see, you know, what results would come out. And I will, quite honestly, I wasn't expecting much, but I can tell you I'm certified in a lot of assessments. I'm certified in Myers-Briggs and Corn Ferry and DISC and the Energy Leadership Index. And they all offer something different. The thing I love about the Enneagram is it is the whole person And it was so comprehensive when I read my results and when you coached me about my results. And I will tell you, it's actually changed the vision and it's actually changed what I am doing in my business and how I'm proceeding. Tell me more. That's amazing. (laughs) Yeah. Well, it was interesting is um, 
And it also brought to light some of the frustrations I had being in corporate. You know, one of the first things it says is that I love variety. And I love... Natalie, so <laughs> I, Natalie's a seven, our enthusiast, right? Yes. And I love variety. And I don't want to be constrained. Of course you and, don't. And so one of the things, you know, for example, was this podcast. You know, every coach and every person that you talk to says, you got to niche down and you got to have a very specific podcast. And, yeah. you know... And I was really struggling with that. And I kept struggling and I kept struggling and I kept struggling and bouncing back against that wall of feeling like I was being put in a box because, no. you know, you listen to leadership you podcasts. You don't box a seven. Uh-uh. <laughs> Not unless you want your box to break. <laughs> right. And, you know, but you listen to leadership podcasts and it's all business all the time. Nope. Right. And I thought, you know what? I do want to help people elevate their leadership. I do want people to up-level their businesses. I want to help people create wealth and impact. But I have to be addressing the entire everything, everything that goes into a person. Of course you and do. I decided that I wasn't going to be limiting the conversation to just leadership or just coaching or just development, that it really is around developing that whole person. How are they in their relationships? How are they connecting with their kids? you know, how are they showing up at work? And to me, the Enneagram really helped me have this aha moment of, oh, that makes sense of why I do not want to be put in a box. Of course not. Yeah. I mean, energy, enthusiasm, variety, the spice of life, like these are all seven words. And also the way I describe a seven is it's one of those toys that's rounded on the bottom. So if you hold it down, it'll stay down. But as soon as you lift up your hand, it's going to pop right back up. Right. So that's sevens (laughs) in a nutshell. And even in your language, as you introduce this podcast, you know, I'm so excited. I'm excited to introduce our guest. Like that's a seven word. And then also, you know, when you talked about me challenge and, you know, challenge the way we're thinking and challenge this, that's your eight wing. And then for me as an eight, which is the challenger, it's already laced in to what we do and how we see the world. And the thing is, is that I know as we talked about for business, you being limited as a seven or you niching in a place like, I don't know that sevens are ever going to want to niche. I'm not saying that, you know, we speak for all sevens out there, but the adventure, if your business doesn't feel like an adventure, you're not going to do it. You're going to go have adventure somewhere else. Right. They, there's Mm -hmm. some Enneagram training programs. They leave the sevens until the end because they know the sevens will leave. if They don't leave them till the end. Cause sevens are like, okay, high five. We're going to go party with each other while you guys learn about each other, right? Which is not to say that the sevens don't care. There's just so much enthusiasm and joy and fun there that, you know, I'm so excited for you to not take on other people's limit for your podcast. Mm -hmm. And I have a dear friend who's a seven. And what's interesting is people told her, I don't know if it was for her photo shoot or just her Facebook, um, but she's incredible. She does amazing work with domestic violence and kind of really empowering women in, in the focus of um, relationships and who are survivors of domestic violence. And someone actually told her that her colors were too bright and that she was too bold. And so she was trying to take that seriously. And I said, you going to let them label you seven? Like, you know, <laughs> like that's, that's the beauty of the sevens, that brightness, that boldness, that adventure to take, especially the sevens as coaches is, 
you know, when we are with clients and we partner with them and that vulnerability and then that darkness, you guys are big, bright, shiny lights. I'm only laughing over here because I have a website in development as we speak. And it's bright, My isn't first... it? <laughs> <laughs> it is. The, they are the brightest colors. Of and, are. and I was told you might want to mute it down. I'm nope. like, uh-uh, nope, Mm-mm. nope, not happening. Nope. So, you be you. Yeah. It... <laughs> well, exactly. And, you know, what's interesting is, you know, obviously there are positive. So I just talked about one of the positives, you know, that self-awareness allowed me to realize that, hey, you know, I don't want to be limited. But, you know, kind of the downside of that, or one of the watchouts that I did learn from the report, which was eye opening is, I do tend to get focused on all the shiny things, sure. because they're all super interesting to me. And they're shiny, and, baby. <laughs> mm-hmm. And one of the things that you know, going through the Enneagram really helped me with is, look, I do need to focus. Like, I do need to focus. The podcast is actually my educational platform and my way to connect with people instead of trying to do Facebook and LinkedIn and Instagram and and all the things which I thought I should be doing. What the Enneagram results showed me is, hey, look, you can have fun and you can do it in a non-limiting way and you can still have fun with it. But you do need to focus because I can't, the tendency for me is I can do all the things but not be super depthful in one thing. And I really wanted to take this podcast to a really depthful level for my listeners. And um, so that also helped me going forward. So I would love to hear, you know, some of the insights you've had personally and how Enneagrams has helped you as well. Sure. So if, sorry, mentor coaching me, so you tell me if you don't want to go here. But in your language, I should focus, I just invite you to not be limited, right? One of the things as a seven is making sure that you're not overextended and not so caught up in all of the ideas and all of the head, you know, that you're able to really decide, like make those commitments. And then seven stay so on the high side of life. It's also making sure that there's space for the seven to kind of be in the low side and, and things like that. But what I would say, you know, it's your business, it's your podcast, right? You get to do what you want. Mm-hmm. I know, I'm having fun. Mm-hmm. And so it's great. So yeah, I would love to hear some of that, maybe the insights or the changes that you've made based on your results of the Enneagram. Sure. So the Enneagram changed my life. And so I started coaching in 2005. And I think about 2006 or 2007, I, there, I started working with someone there who introduced it at our company. And the level of awareness, like, so the person who trained me is fantastic. And what he says is, it's like Nordstrom Rack, you can try on all the types, but, you know, ultimately, when you find your type, it should feel like home. And for me, it's funny, the, my office spouse at the time, he was like, oh, you're such a seven. I know you're a seven. You're so enthusiastic and all of this stuff. And I didn't, I had no idea what he was talking about. And I said, I'm not a seven, <laughs> which is funny, <laughs> because I am an eight which is the challenger. So even though I didn't know what he was talking about, I challenged him. But it was really helpful because even at the time, you know, I was pressing down, I mean, back in the day when we used to use pencils, right? I would press down so hard, I'd break the pencil. Or there was um, even the bathroom at the office that I worked in, I was always hitting people with the door. And I mean, not on purpose, right? But the thing is, is that eights move with force. Everything they do is force. And so 
you don't think about it. And then, and then also, you know, one of the things about the eight, the challenger or the active controller, however, you know, it's labeled is that eights are strong all the time, but it's to protect the vulnerability inside. Mm. And so then what happens even when we feel vulnerable is we get bigger and we get more assertive. So at least I'll speak for myself, but I think probably the eights out there, if you think about an eight under stress or pressure or fear is like a growling dog, the hackles are Mm. raised and they're growling at you because it's like back the F up because I'm going to F you up. Right. (laughs) So, but that is an eight, at least for me, like when I'm afraid I get bigger. And so having that awareness to say, Hey, like I actually get more assertive when I'm feeling self-conscious that's not what the other eight types do, right? A lot of times people kind of implode, <laughs> the eights will explode. Mm-hmm. But it's, it's interesting because I know we were talking about this before. So once some of the coaching I do is coaching as a last resort before termination. And a lot of times, you know, in those environments, people are overly aggressive. That is a very comfortable place for me because I'm like, hey, hey, cut it out, right? You're not landing how you want to land you're landing in a place, your fear response or your, you know, your domineering or potentially toxic behaviors, they may have good intent, but they're not serving you. And that's not to say that people of any type can do whatever they want, right? But for me as an eight, I know what it's like to have your behaviors, your negative behaviors come out as confrontation or what people call as aggression. And so Mm -hmm. just having that level of awareness about myself was really good. And then in early 2007, my dad passed away. And so then what happened is, is that my mom and I, who had always been very similar and always been on the same page and seen eye to eye, we ricocheted into our types, which were very different. And we processed Mm -hmm. that grief very differently. And I was furious, not at my dad, you know, his quality of life was deteriorating, not at anyone else. But the thing is, is that eights are in the anger triad, whereas sevens are in the anxiety triad, right? So it's like where you may get kind of anxious about how do I make the right choice for my business? How do I make the right choice for the podcast? I'll be pissed, (laughs) you know? (laughs) And so Mm -hmm. it was a lot of emotion to handle. And then when people think about grief, you don't necessarily think about anger, but for eights especially, but also eight, nine, one. So in that body triad, in the anger triad, you're looking at anger being that kind of primary emotion. And so when everyone's expecting you to be sad and you're furious, if I didn't have the Enneagram to help me know and understand that, that would have been, you know, I already was like, what's wrong with me, right? Like, why Mm -hmm. am I so angry? So that was really helpful. And then also what happens, eights under stress tend to go to five. So they'll go from these kind of magnanimous leaders, if they're healthy, they'll go from these magnanimous leaders who are upfront and challenging and kind of, you know, taking care of everybody when they're at their best to all of a sudden they disappear. So if an eight bites off more than they can chew, they disappear. So what happened is, is I disappeared and I changed my voicemail and was like, thanks for calling. I'm not calling you back. And I just isolated myself. And there were friends of mine that were really concerned about that, right? Because it's a major loss. And then I disappeared and you don't know if I'm okay. And so actually there was a friend where literally 
there's a passage in the wisdom of the Enneagram book where it talks about eight going to five. And I read it on her voicemail because it was like, Hey, this, this is what happens. Like I'm moving. It's called the lines. So in addition, part of the reason that the Enneagram, the Enneagram is a really complex assessment. So in addition to mm-hmm. having your type, you have your wings, which are the numbers on the either side. You also have lines. So each number moves to numbers very different so that our path for growth or our path under stress, we tend to move to another numbers. And then there's also something out there that some people reference as it's, I think, I think tri-type is copyrighted. So some people talk about like our thinking, feeling and action styles. And then we have different numbers in that. So there's so much information there. It's, it's what makes it a beautiful, in-depth assessment that can really support our clients in a whole different level of ways. But it's, it's also, it's complicated. But I will say for me, sometimes people can't tell I'm an eight, which is always entertaining to me. It just means I'm on my best behavior. Uh, <laughs> but at any time when I'm in a new environment or feel insecure, I will, I will feel those behaviors come up because that's the thing. It's the healthier we are, the harder it is to distinguish our type. But if you know your symptoms and you know, like for yourself, potentially as a seven, when you start to feel really distracted, when you start to overcommit, when you start to say, yes, I can go to these seven Christmas parties, right? Like those are, that's a canary for you as a seven, Mm -hmm. right? When I start to you know, see, honestly, fear in people's eyes because I'm maybe coming on a little too strong or I start getting really agitated about something or I'm tempted to shut something down just because I can't handle the ambiguity of it. That's, that's me kind of stepping into some of the challenges of my eight behavior. So it's personally and professionally, it's been really meaningful to me, even in, you know, my direct reports, making sure they know I'm an eight to say, look, I'm going to challenge you. If and when that feels like it's not a good thing, like you need to let me know because my intent is good, but you know, I'm trying to build you up and keep you safe. Cause that's really at the core of what the eight wants. They want to be safe. They want that loyalty. That's also part of why they challenge. But if people don't know that about me, then it can be a lot to handle because I'm more, mm-hmm. I don't resonate with the word aggressive or assertive or necessarily even confrontation, but my comfort level and what I just think a direct conversation is, or, Hey, let's call this out and, you know, let's roll up our sleeves and fix it is definitely at a different level than some of the other types. No, that makes a lot of sense. And I appreciate you sharing your story and sure. your learnings from that, especially around, you know, your dad's passing and how that could be, you know, misconstrued by people that are really close to you if they don't, if they don't know you. And, you know, I think exactly what you're talking about is what I got out of the Enneagram is it's so powerful. And I know you and I spoke about it, that everything is so robust coming out of this report. It's a 42 page report about yourself. And, you know, people can take it online. But what comes out of this 42-page report is so powerful. I know you've talked about it, it gives you about six months to a year of coaching with people, and you do it up front in the coaching process. Is that correct? Yeah. So the thing is, is that the way I was taught, so there's different schools of thought. 
So the amazing report we're talking about is the Integrative Enneagram. They're a company out of South Africa. They're amazing. Um, and also for coaches out there who are looking for an assessment, like their training is amazing. Their assessment is incredible. The way that I was taught kind of more traditionally first through the Enneagram Institute, and they have a lot of free resources online, but, you know, they have great information online and their book, The Wisdom of the Enneagram is one of my favorites. But I do highly recommend that people take the integrative Enneagrams assessment because it's just a different level, different level of science. They've layered a lot of, sorry, I'm going to geek out for a minute for your Enneagram fans out there. No, I love they've it. They've layered a it. lot in there. So they've layered a lot of the kind of thinking actions and feeling styles, which I believe is called the tri-type. They've also put in a lot of Beatrice Chestnut's work about the instincts. So the integrative Enneagram has truly integrated a lot of things from different, uh, different schools of thoughts related to the Enneagram. So what's interesting as well is that the way I was trained is that you have a number and you have a wing. And so, you know, for you, Natalie, seven with the eight wing, for me, eight with seven wing, what they, with the work with the instincts and with what the integrative Enneagram talks about is what they say is you need both wings to fly. And so it's just, it's interesting kind of the more, the more, if, I will spare you all of the geeky stuff, but it's interesting to even just watch kind of as things change over time. But I started to say that because the wisdom of the Enneagram and the Enneagram Institute, they teach womb to tomb. And so the beautiful thing about getting the comprehensive report is that you are getting, there is some behavioral stuff on there. You know, how's this person doing in their happiness level and their vocational level and things mm -hmm. like that. But you are also getting things that are likely been themes that they have been dealing with for their whole lives. And part of the beauty of coaching is we see people, right? We hold the mirror up and we see people and we say, Hey, you know, is that, that belief there that is, you know, it's, we, we ask questions about their limiting belief. We help open up their perspective so to get a, there's two versions of the report. There's like a 25 or 26, and then there's the 40 plus. To get a 25 to 45 page cheat sheet on how someone <laughs> has been potentially for their entire lives, what their limiting beliefs are more likely to be, what their areas of strength and even strength and overuse are more likely to be, as well as kind of the situational things about them. It's just, it's a lot of, it's a lot of context and information. Yeah, no, it, it is really powerful. And, you know, you, you even said you've typically used other assessments in corporate. I think it's so valuable for anyone. Like I said, whether you're a mom and you're looking to understand your parenting style, whether sure. you're a leader, you're looking to understand, you know, how you lead a team. I, I thought your story of, you know, hey, what you may perceive as, hey, this is just a direct conversation yeah, to someone else. Yeah, what's the problem? Why are you backing away from me, Frankie? <laughs> <laughs> right. Uh, uh, you know, someone with a different number could be um, really taken back by that. And that's just very normal for you. And, you know, that's the whole premise of this podcast is to really help people build their self-awareness and build that deep connection with other people. That's why I'm doing what I'm doing. And, you know, you brought it up and you started to talk about it is you do last chance coaching, which I won't spend a lot of time talking about. But, you know, you do coach people that have been identified as their companies as, look, this is your last chance, you know, and we're bringing in a coach. And, 
you know, unfortunately, that's a lot of some of the perceptions of coaching is that, you know, hey, coaching is something that people are doing as a last chance. I think over the, you know, past 10 to 15 years, that has definitely changed. People see coaching as a professional development tool and something that actually, you know, can be a reward for, you know, hey, we believe in you. We want to build your leadership. And I love that you're doing last chance coaching. And for those listeners who are looking to elevate within their companies, I would love it if you could talk about using the Enneagram with your last chance coaching clients. Maybe some of the maybe the top two or three watchouts of things that have gotten them to this place where they are in a last chance coaching mode, where if they would have been more aware, they could have alleviated some of those those you know, behaviors that came up. And so what are the top two or three things that you see in in your last chance coaching clients that are pretty common? Sure. So just to define, so the way I define last chance coaching is coaching as a last resort before termination. I teach a class on it because it's high stakes coaching. It's high stakes, high risk, and it is controversial. But what's interesting is, is that when I was interviewed for a podcast about it, she had to tell me it was controversial because I didn't know. <laughs> and that's, but that's an eight, that's right? That's your eight. <laughs> exactly, right? Like, oh, and so that's really good information. Like, oh, this is controversial because I'm not thinking about that. I'm just seeing it as, you know, eight when healthy goes to two and they use their power to serve. And so it's like, how can I serve? So the thing is, is that when you look at last chance coaching, when you're looking at things where someone is saying, this person is domineering or a bully, or this is a toxic work environment, or they're un, you know, inappropriate. You may also have just, it's just kind of hardcore performance management. Like sometimes they're just not performing. People are usually more comfortable with handling that in-house though. When people start throwing words around the HR gets concerned about, or, you know, there's just a leadership style isn't working for someone. So as far as what you see, And what I see in last chance coaching is there is a actual or perceived misuse of power. So that's probably Mm -hmm. why it's such a comparable place for me as an eight, because the growth for the eight is to make sure that your natural resources of power are not misused, right? Whereas I think for other people, for, you know, a different type of, let's say the nine, the nine focused on keeping the peace, you know, they're very like friendly and behind the scenes for nine, the growth is how do you make space for your own voice? How do you not just keep this peace, but how do you be able to assert like what you say and what you want in the world? If you ask an eight, how do you make sure you assert what you say and you want in the world? <laughs> like what? And they'll probably curse at you because they're like, you're wasting my effing time. Right. So Um, A lot of what you see in last chance coaching is power. And then usually communication is always at the crux, right? Because Mm -hmm. I have yet to meet a leader who is being intentionally disrespectful or intentionally dismissive or, you know, in these environments. So the thing is, is that so often it's your communication is not matching your intent. And let's take a look at that, which is in any leadership coaching is that so much of it's communication based. So much of it's power bait. And so what'll happen is, is someone exerting their power because they're insecure? Is someone exerting their power because they don't realize it, right? So we're looking at the power, we're looking at the communication. And then also, I mean, so many of the ways we develop people and the challenges people face are related to their own self-awareness. 
we think we're normal <laughs> unless we're fours. We think fours are special. They're not normal, right? Like that uniqueness of the four. But for the most part, most of us think like, oh, this is how we're behaving. So when you come and you behave in a different way, whether it hurts my feelings or it upsets me or something like that, it's because when I would behave that way, it means something that's not necessarily how it means to you. So regardless of whether someone is just you know, I learned the Enneagram when I wasn't in a leadership position and it changed my life because when that grief hit, I all of a sudden understood like what was happening. But, you know, as coaches, we're always looking to build people's self-awareness because with your self-awareness, you then have new choices. So my instinct will always be to step in to something that scares me. That's my instinct, right? I'm going to get bigger. I'm going to face that fear. I'm going to tackle that bull to the ground. You know. Uh, someone else's instinct is going to be to potentially withdraw and look at the positive and be like, hey, it'll be okay. Let's not face that. We don't need to face that. What's that eight doing over there? <laughs> like creating that big mess, mm-hmm. and, like breaking all the eggs in the grocery store when we only need <laughs> to make an omelet, right? So it doesn't mean we need to change our defaults because there's beauty in all of the types and what we bring to the table. I mean, that's diversity and inclusion right there. But it says it makes a choice. Like if I'm in an ambiguous situation, it's really easy for me to either face it and be like, what exactly is going on here? (laughs) Or shut it down Mm -hmm. and be like, you know what? I'm disengaging from this. It's too ambiguous for me. But knowing that that's how I potentially will behave as an eight, it means that I have a different, that self-awareness gives me a different response to our own, to my triggers. Right. And then when that trigger comes up, I can, you know, be like, oh, look at that. Look at you about to you know, use a sledgehammer instead of a, you know, <laughs> tiny little hammer that they use on like the intricate things. Right. So right. It, it just means that I have new choices. So that was a long answer, but hopefully helpful. <laughs> no, it was absolutely really powerful. And, you know, you talked about, you know, people being in that position, you know, it's usually a misuse of power, whether purposeful or not. Typically, it's not right? But um, it's around communication and around self-awareness. And I love what you said. I'm going to repeat it. That building your self-awareness just brings new choices. Uh And, you know, the more self-aware and the more you realize what your blind spots are, what your limiting beliefs are, what how you react in stressful situations, um, exactly what you're talking about. And you've given, you know, beautiful examples of your own personal journey of, that awareness of, oh, this is how I'm being affected right now. And so you become powerful. You have choices. You understand how you're being affected. You understand how you're being influenced or how you're being triggered. And then you get to choose how to respond versus being, you know, feeling either powerless or feeling angry. You're like, no, wait, you know what? I have an opportunity right now to choose how I respond to the situation. Yeah. And that's Yeah. And I think that is the power of these tools. And Enneagram is a tool to help build your Mm self-awareness. And I think the nice thing is, too, is that even people who look at the Enneagram on the most basic level is that all of a sudden it's like, oh, there's nine ways to look at this, not just one. And then the Enneagrative Enneagram has an incredible coaching tool where they take you through your wings and through your lines. And then all of a sudden you realize, oh, there's five ways for me to look at this instead of just one. Mm -hmm. 
And so it's been cool to do that exercise with my clients because you just see, you see people breathe easier because we, we have our defaults and our default service, but our default service 70% of the time or 80% of the time, or even if it's 95% of the time, there's still points where we need a new strategy and under stress, right? We go to fight, flight, freeze. We don't have our options. And so the Enneagram also opens up like here, here are things you can reach for based on your wing. And here are things you can reach for and integrate based on your lines. And then here are the nine different ways to just even say like, okay, if you cut me off in traffic, there are nine different responses <laughs> that I might have to that, right? And to, right. you know, the eight's more likely to ram in the back of that car and curse, right? <laughs> so our development, whereas, you know, some other types would disappear and then feel shame, like, oh, well, that's probably my fault, right? So there's, mm-hmm. there's growth for all of us there in saying, hey, that automatic response that potentially limiting belief, like ultimately, like, is that serving me? And then having those choices and other options. No, absolutely. It, it is really powerful. And so powerful. In fact, I want to talk about how you and I are collaborating yeah, together. So, so yes, no, I'm super excited about this. Um, obviously, you know, you're certified in the Enneagram, you're delivering the Enneagram. And as I launch my group coaching program, Um, which will be a 12-week program, and there'll be more details about that coming out shortly. But um, you are going to be, uh, everyone in the program is going to take the Enneagram, and you are going to be one of the thought experts and leaders that I have come into the program to talk about the Enneagram and help people with the results and help them understand the results, help them build their self-awareness. And I am so excited to collaborate with you on this project. I am too. So excited. So much seven right now. So (laughs) (laughs) Yes. And I I really am excited about this collaboration because like I said, I, I didn't even go into all the details, but I got so much out of it. And the thing I love about the report is even before my coaching session with you, when I got the results, you know, the report has developmental exercises in there and, you know, they're super powerful and super helpful. And I've already been integrating some of those into my own daily life. So I love it. Yeah, it's been really, really powerful. And so I really want to share that with my clients going forward, because it is such a powerful tool. So Diana, any last thoughts or, you know, comments about, you know, the Enneagram and how it can help people? Yeah. Well, I mean, I could talk about it all day, but I am curious for you (laughs) as you read your report and as you looked at kind of your business and your Enneagram type, I'm curious, what are some of those takeaways for you? Yeah, like I said, I I actually learned that my fear can be really limiting. Mm -hmm. So my fear of having to be safe and secure can really limit the possibilities of how I think about my business. And to me, that was a big mind shift. I mean, I've always been enthusiastic. I've always been, you know, I haven't had a positive mindset. I mean, you've talked a lot about my seven today. And it's true. I've always been enthusiastic and excited and positive for life. But I didn't realize how much my innate, you know, kind of when I'm under stress, how much fear can hold me back and really have me focusing on thinking small. 
instead of potentially thinking bigger. And that, I will tell you, will change the trajectory of my business. Yeah, because you're not small. Yes. No. And it's, um, I'm not, but when I'm under stress and, you know, sometimes being an entrepreneur is very stressful. You know, you don't have the comfy, cushy, you know, paycheck coming in, you know, regularly. And then all of a sudden you get a big windfall. But it's like, how do I continue to think big in those moments where I'm having, you know, I'm on the down low, right? And I'm I'm on the downside of the big windfall. So, and it's really a perspective change for me of, you know what, I'm going to be okay. And it's around being mindful and being present in that moment. And I also learned too that, you know, I have a big fear of missing out. I have FOMO <laughs> like crazy. And, it's okay. Um, you're, you're friends with seven. Totally do. It's cool. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, you know, I think, I think sometimes that's seen as a negative, but you know, I'm a consummate learner and it really just reinforces for me that I always have to be learning. I always have to be growing. I always have to be uh, making sure that I am doing things for my own personal development and that I'm, you know, doing things like the Enneagram. I'm taking classes. I'm furthering my personal development so I can feel like I'm being a better coach and I have more personal awareness. So it's been really, really powerful. Good. So I'm super grateful I'm to have so gone glad. through this process with you. Yeah, it's been great. Yeah, it really has been great. That's awesome. Yeah. Good. So I just want to thank you so much for being on today thank and sharing you. all of your wisdom with my listeners. Um, so people can find you at info at hawthorneunion.com. Um, they can also find you on Facebook at Hawthorne Union. Also LinkedIn at Diana Ideas, which is Diana, D-I-A-N-A-I-D-E-U-S. So I would invite people to go and follow you there. You are a amazing coach, a great friend, and I'm super grateful that you were on today. And I look forward to our collaboration with yeah. my students. I can't wait. I do too. Well, thank you so much for having me. So appreciate you. And also so appreciate the way that you're sharing yourself right? Sharing yourself with your clients and sharing yourself with us. And, you know, just as an eight, vulnerability is hard for eight because that's part of why we're so strong is to protect the vulnerable heart. And so when people share with me and, and I think, you know, share themselves, I think it's such a beautiful thing. So really appreciate what you're doing and the way you're showing up. Thanks, Diana. Thank you. All right. All right. Have a good rest of the day. Thank you. Thank you so much for being here today and listening to the Lead Your Life podcast. My invitation to you is that you do one thing today to move toward a more meaningful, fulfilling life for yourself. Today, you have the opportunity to challenge your mindset or have a meaningful conversation or take one action step towards your goals. So what are you waiting for? It would mean the world to me if you would subscribe and leave a review wherever you are listening to this podcast. I look forward to connecting with you next week. Until then, don't wait till tomorrow. Be your best self now.